He came to Chestnut Hill with hype and acclaim. He leaves Boston College with battered, bruised, and beaten. Today's show, we're going to look at Phil Dracovic, a quarterback that brought a lot of excitement to Boston College. And every year, we just thought it would be his big year, and it never came. On today's show, we're going to look at this and talk all about his career at Boston College. All this and more on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. of Locked On BC. This is AJ Black. Happy Monday for all of you and happy Sunday if you are listening to this live on YouTube. And if you haven't done so already, hit that like and subscribe button on our YouTube page. Really does help the podcast out. So, Phil Dracovic. I've really ended up being a very divisive character for Boston College football as he came to BC in 2020 and is now leaving in 2022-23 to find his third home as he enters the transfer portal, probably on December 5th. He's a grad student. He can do it whenever he wants, but it looks like he's going to be entering any day now. Now this ends a, I would call a tumultuous career here at BC because when Dracovic entered in the winter of 2020, I remember I was talking to a Notre Dame friend and they were like, this is a great fit for you guys. He's going to fit really well with Frank Signetti. You guys are going to find a, a, you know, this kid was a blue chipper and, you know, he's going to do a lot of things for your team. And, you know, I, I, we, at, at Boston college, we have not had a good quarterback since Matt Ryan, probably. I mean, you've had different variations of decent to not good uh, for about 15 years now. So when you got, the opportunity to get Phil Dracovic here, a blue chip who came from Notre Dame. There was buzz when he came in on that plane, there was social media buzz about it. And folks just got get, started getting really excited, but you know, it was BC. So, you know, in the same breath, you still thought, Oh, you know, he, he got run out by Notre Dame. Can he really be that good? Well, we got that answer in the Duke game where he started he became the starting quarterback. Now that whole summer, it was the summer of COVID and we didn't get the chance to really see him at practice because practices were closed. It was that weird, you know, every, everybody was kind of off in their own little corners of the world. And Halfley kept saying, it's either going to be Phil Dracovic or Dennis Grossell. You kept talking to him, talking to him. You, you got the sense it was going to be Dracovic. Well, Dracovic comes out, starts against Duke. He plays extremely well. You know, there was that one long pass that he threw to Zay Flowers that really opened our eyes because, you know, for years, you know, we had last year, we had saw that Zay had speed. This time you saw what he could do in the passing game. And then you had a quarterback like Jakovic who could throw to him. Now, the 2020 season, it progresses. Jakovic is is playing very well. You know, he beats Pitt. He comes from behind to beat Texas State. He almost beats UNC. He throws that interception. I think it was on a two-point conversion to to seal it that they lose. They almost beat Clemson. But it was that Clemson game that showed us the first signs of, of what we should have been worried about. 
Now, we had seen up to that point Jakovic being a bowling ball out there. This is a guy that waited back in the pocket. He waited and waited and waited to find his pot, his spot, and then he'd throw it. Now, he was 6'4", 240 at one, uh, 230, excuse me, at one point. He he was, you know, I think what we all got wowed by, by Dracovic, was his ability to shake off defenders. You'd see him, you know, the guys would just come at him and he'd wiggle out of it, spin out of it, use his big power to get out of it. But it was that Clemson game when he played an elite defensive line. And BC's offensive line, remember, wasn't bad back then. They did let up 24 sacks that year. But he gets killed in that game. BC looks great to start it off and he was part of it. But at the end of the game, they fall behind. And it's Jakovic playing the sacrificial lamb out there as he's getting clocked as they're trying to, to mount some sort of comeback. They're down by six points. He ends up separating his shoulder. He, he was getting hit all over the place in that game. And that was that first warning sign. Now he missed, he played against Syracuse with a separated shoulder. He goes on, he plays a little bit more. He gets hurt again against Louisville. Okay, so now he's you're, you've got one game that he gets hurt, one that he has to play hurt. He's hurt again. He misses the season finale against UVA because Jeff Halfley canceled the bowl game because of COVID, and his team was exhausted. Um, remember, no one got COVID that year. And and that was the end of that year. Now, you ended that 2020 year. Most people, you saw, seven, you know, he threw for 2,600 yards, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions, and you you saw potential there. You saw a quarterback that you you many of us. I, I'm I'm totally owning up that I was one of these people that thought, okay, this is where he starts. He's going to continue to develop, and he's going to be a very good quarterback for BC. And you head into this 2021 season with Jakovic, and you're thinking this dude is is going to ball this year because this is you know they get the schedule that looks good. He is. You know, he's got Zay Flowers back and a good offensive line. The defense should be okay. This is going to be a massive year. You saw Jakovic's name coming up on Heisman lists that year before the season even starts because everyone was, you know, buying in on him. So he comes out against Colgate. He looks every bit the part of what the hype was about. He just torches Colgate. But it's Colgate. It's an FCS school. Next week, he heads to UMass. This is the game that changes everything. Everything. This changes everything for the last two years. He goes against UMass and it was a stupid play where he tries to just try to push for that extra yard and he ends up breaking his wrist or his hand. I think it was his hand. That is it. He, he is out. You know, he, he leaves the game. Dennis Grossell comes in and we are expecting that, you know, you know, about four days later, he's showing pictures on Instagram with his hand in a cast. We're like, crap, this is the end of the season for him. What is going to happen now? What, where, what's going to happen? Well, the season, you know, progresses a little bit for Grossell. It falls completely off a cliff when they start the ACC uh, part of their uh, season. And you have the Virginia Tech game. This is one of the, this was, in my opinion, the highlight. The next two games were the big highlights of the 2021 season. First of all, Virginia Tech was terrible, but you go into that game, you have no momentum at all. Grossell's bad. Uh, Emmett Moorhead did not look ready at this point. All of a sudden, uh, BC social media, they start, you know, teasing something about Dracovic and 
you know, the SID Jason Baum is, is making cryptic tweets and all of this other stuff. And they're posting pictures with his uniform in. Boom, he comes out. And what does he do? He leads BC to a victory. He tops that by the next game scoring, I think it was five touchdowns against Georgia Tech. And you're going, my gosh, Phil Dracovic is back. He is back. But it crashes down against Florida State and Wake Forest. In the season finale, he throws for 19 yards. But after the end of the season, Halfley says they rushed him back. He was playing at like 50%. Everything, you know, those last two games, all of a sudden you're like, what was going on there? What is happening? But you could kind of write that off as, you know, he was hurt. He wanted to play for his team. One more year. You've got Zay Flowers back. You're going to be able to do some things. In a moment, we're going to talk about the disastrous 2022 season and how everything fell apart for Phil Dracovic. We'll get to that in just a moment. Now, if you've heard me on this podcast, you've known what I've said about Omaha Steaks. I love Omaha Steaks. I I have had a history of having family members get me boxes of Omaha Steaks for Christmas presents and my, my face lights up when I get them because I know they're quality products. They're absolutely delicious. And it's like having a, a five-star meal at home that you can cook. And, you know, I've done, I've had some great filet mignons with my wife. Omaha steaks is America's original butcher. And since 1917 and as a holiday gift, it's guaranteed to be loved. The holidays are here and achieving grilling greatness. When you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender and delicious Omaha steaks, the steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together specially curated gift packages to help to get, take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and use Locked On at checkout to get $30 off your order. Send an assortment of mouthwatering favorites, including the Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, which is my absolute favorite, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even an easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. You're getting, I'm telling you, restaurant-quality food sent directly to you that you can't beat. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a deal too. It's, it's such a great gift. Um, and it's something that'll surprise somebody. I, I, I can't recommend it enough. Omaha steaks is ready to ship your order right away. So use locked on at checkout again, visit omahasteaks.com and use promo code locked on at checkout to get the extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. All right. Locked on BC, AJ black. We're here and we're talking about Phil Dracovic and 2022 was a year where he comes in. He is expected to return back to what he was before the hand injury against UMass. So, you know, I think their expectations, and again, I say I I had these same expectations, but a lot of national people did too. Again, he was on the Heisman Trophy um, watch list. He comes into the season and immediately you're starting to worry. Because he's getting hit a lot against Rutgers. He can't make his throws. He's getting rushed all the time. You're seeing issues with, you know, Drew Kendall dropping a snap and there's no offensive flow to anything. And then it just completely goes off the rails when he plays uh, Virginia Tech. He goes to Virginia Tech. The first, I think it was the second play of the game. He throws an awful pass and it's intercepted. I think it was a pick six. Game's over. BC gets run out by a terrible Virginia Tech team. Tells you where BC was at this season, right? So he continues. He 
he plays and plays and he is getting absolutely manhandled out there. And he sacked 24 times in nine games and he's not making his throws. He looks hesitant. He is less um, assertive of him, of his throws. He's, he doesn't seem to have the, the, the killer instinct anymore. It's all gone. And you know, some of it was on him, right? He's, he's, his decision-making was, was questionable at times. He wasn't getting his reads. He, he really struggled to get the ball out quickly. I think that was a major problem for him, especially given how bad that offensive line was. He really just, he just couldn't get it out. But part of it also was, I think he started seeing ghosts. You remember what Sam Donald said when he played the Patriots a couple of years ago, he was getting hit so much that he said he was seeing ghosts everywhere. Imagine for a second, I know this is, you know, we're not football players, but imagine you're Phil. You're now 6'4", and he dropped down to about 210 last year. You're ha- you're getting hit immediately on plays consistently, over and over and over again, by 270-pound, 250-pound jacked defensive linemen, jacked linebackers, Jack safeties, Jack cornerbacks. These guys are big dudes and they're hitting you over and over and over again. You got to imagine some of this, the issues he had was just this like gut instinct that I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get hit. And now, yes, he should get rid of the ball faster, but he kept getting hit and get getting hit. And so you got to aggravate it with him. And I see folks ripping him and I'm like, I guess you want to rip them all, all you want, go for it. But that's not, that's not my jam. I'm thinking this guy just, he ran into the worst season he possibly could have. That offensive line did him no favors, especially with his skill set. Get up to the UConn game. He gets hurt. He is gone. He is gone for the rest of the season. They go to Emmett Moorhead. You know, he has a concussion, a right rib, back of his rib injury, and a knee injury. That ends his season. He misses out against Notre Dame, his old school, which I'm sure he had circled on his calendar. He misses out on senior day at home against Syracuse because these injuries are so bad. Well, that ends it. What, what a mighty fall for Phil Dracovic. And I feel for the kid because you started off in 2020 from the absolute highs of him coming in and the, the rolling out the red carpet to get him here with Frank Signetti and Jeff Halfley meeting him on a plane to the end where he's sitting on the bench helpless because he's so banged up that he has nothing he can do. Just, it was just sad, just sad to see what happened to him. Now he's going to have a chance to go someplace else. And Hey, if he finds a team that has a decent offensive line, he could do some things. If he has the time where he can make his throws the way he throws it, he'll be fine. And there's plenty of quarterbacks out there that don't need um, to get rid of the ball quickly. And that's fine. It's not going to make him a great NFL quarterback, but it's going to make him, he, he could be fine someplace else. And so where does he end up? I've seen UConn fans hammering to get in there. That would be funny. Yeah. BC versus UConn uh, with Dracovic at home. Uh, I think that'd be a nightmare for a lot of folks out there. I also see uh, the big one that I have circled is the Pitt Panthers, the university of Pittsburgh. Now, Frank Signetti, BC's offensive coordinator, the one that was the main driving force to get him to BC, is their offensive coordinator. It's in Pittsburgh, where Phil Dracovic is from. It seems like a dream situation. There's just one big caveat there. Pitt has right now, they have Keaton Slovis. 
and he has not officially entered the transfer portal yet. However, college football is a crappy business and it makes in kids are just in a lot of cases. They're just a commodity. So I could easily see that if, if Signetti wanted to upgrade in his eyes to Dracovic, a guy he knows really well, I could see him trying to push Slovis or I could see Slovis entering the transfer portal. Let's put it that way. So if I was a betting man, I'd say he ends up at Pitt. Okay. But that's me. Um, and then, you know, where does it go from here? Well, you know, the transfer portal is, is going to heat up today is the, if you're listening on Monday, Monday is the opening of the official transfer portal for a portal of any non grad student. Now you've heard four names for Boston college. And I'll give you the fourth in a second. So Jason Matry, Kevin Pine, and Phil Dracovic, all of them are grad students. So they can enter whenever they want. That's why they haven't entered yet. The fourth is Dalen Menard. I'm not even going to dedicate a sex sex segment to this kid. No offense to him. He just never played at BC. So I don't, I think you guys would be bored to tears. He was probably like the fourth or fifth quarterback. This was a kid I expected to leave. He's a grad student as well. Now today you're going to get more names. Um, I'm sure the, the, the portal is going to blow up. Uh, And I think BC is going to be there. I think every team. And again, I say this as, as last time, as much as um, I said this last week on the show too, when I was bringing up Maytree and, and, and some of the other kids, the portal right now, the names I'm seeing, the names that I'm hearing about for B, possibly for BC, I don't think are an indictment of Halfley. I just think it's the portal. And I think there's things that are going on that just are portal. You know what I mean? So that's where we're at with that. Now we're going to wrap up our conversation today with some basketball talk. Cause I know a lot of folks out there are really interested in the basketball team and um, it, it deserves some talk, even though the, the game itself was pretty bad. So we're going to get into BC versus Duke in just a moment. Now, if you've listened to my podcast before, you know about Locked On ACC. It's hosted by the great Candace Cooper and has a rotating ho- uh, set of co-hosts, including yours truly, who talk ACC sports every day. You need to check it out. Check out Locked On ACC wherever you get your podcasts. As Locked On Beast at Locked On BC, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On BC listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Here's why I love it they are 24 7 on duty. You feel like you have a professional at your call. Anytime because you do. That's what get, makes Simply Safe so great. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. And with the top rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your camera, or just system settings anytime, anywhere. This is so important for those times where you go away for the holidays and you want to make sure your house is safe. Simply Safe is perfect for that. So don't miss your chance to say big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash lockdown college today. That's simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. There's no safe like simply safe. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. If you haven't done so already, you're listening. I want you, that like button on YouTube, they've been making jokes about you. They've been telling you all sorts of nasty things about you behind your back. Smack it. Smack that like button right now. 
and make sure you hit subscribe too while you're at it because they, they haven't been too kind either. So we are wrapping up our conversation with Phil Jakovic and moving on to basketball. Now, basketball had a weekend matchup with number 17 Duke in Cameron Indoor Stadium. And the game went about as well as you could have expected with BC losing 73 to 59. I I didn't expect this game to be close. <laughs> I'll be honest with you because BC has not played well. You know, they this is this is a team that just got blown out by Nebraska, who, by the way, just beat number seven Creighton. So take that as a, a as a grain of salt, but you go into this game, you're still without Quentin post. You're you've got Prince of leg big back, which is nice, but he plays five minutes, four minutes and it's completely irrelevant. So he, he's not really a factor. And then on top of all of that, you lose Makai Ashton Langford, your star guard or your starting guard. I don't know if you want to call him a star or not. How do you think things are going to end up? Well, on top of all that, Duke has, you know, they're, they're blue blooded. They've got blue bloods all into up and down. And the biggest blue blood that I saw his name pop up, I was like, oh, local kid, Kyle Filipowski, who had, thir- he's a true freshman center, had 13 points and 10 rebounds. BC has no answer to these kinds of players right now. They need their big back bad. Quinton Post needs to come back bad because there, it's a, he's such a huge hole. Like you can, you can deal without a Prince of Ligby, you can deal without Makai Ashton Langford because you've got, as I said, I got on the screen, Chaz Kelly, he could probably play fine. You've got some other kids that can cover here and there. Devin McLaughlin can cover at wing if you need him to. You do not have a strong center to deal with athletic bigs. you got Armani Mighty, who I, he's going to be a, a project. He's not a, uh, ACC level center. Yes. He needs some time. He's going to make, take some time. If you throw him out there against athletic bigs week after week, you're going to get killed. He's going to have his minutes managed. It's going to be in certain situations. You can't just keep him out there because he's going to fall out in about 10 minutes. Um, and he's got, he's got limitations. So BC is now at a point where they are playing without their biggest most valuable player. Quentin Post may not be the best player they have, but he darn straight, he darn is their most valuable player because he provides what you need, which is a big who can challenge other bigs in, in the conference. And I don't know how close he is to returning. You know, we continue to hear day to day, day to day, day to day. The announcers keep making it sound like he's not going to be back to the end of December. Folks, if he doesn't come back to the end of December, we're in some trouble. Like, you know, when, forget about talking about the, 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 the tournament. This team is not making the tournament. I, I made that clear a couple weeks ago. But if he isn't back, this season's lost. Like, you're not going to make the NIT. You're going you're gonna to be, you know, near the bottom of the ACC. And you're playing for next year now, which is, again, a big disappointment, right? Hopefully he'll be back soon. But I don't want them to rush him either. Right. Like you're playing UNH next. You should be, you should, they lost to Maine. You should be able to beat them. You've got a couple ACC games and then Stonehill, um, who's, uh, you know, going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. I'm sure. What do you do? Do you rush him back? Do you let him stay? I, I think they got to kind of take it slow. I think if that's what Grant is doing, he's doing the right thing because you do not need him to get hurt. I think he's got more, um, I think he's got more uh, eligibility after the season as well. So I'm going to wrap things up here. 
Grant was, I mean, uh, Mitch was supposed to be on today's show, uh, but he's not feeling well. So we'll, we'll uh, hopefully have him on later this week to talk some more BC and uh, football and things like that. But this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. Hope you uh, have a great Monday. And, you know, if you like our show, the best way to help support us is to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Even if you don't use YouTube, if you listen to this on a podcast, what I want you to do is go to YouTube and just hit subscribe. You don't just that number that hitting that would be a huge help and hit the like button while you're at it, listening to this podcast episode. Thank you all who have done that. Thank you all who are considering doing that. And if you haven't done so, I'd love you even more if you did it right now. And before I go, just two quick comments from the, from the uh, comment section, Bruce McLaren was talking about football teams that I had so much excitement at the beginning of the season. I was prepared for an eight and four, maybe an eight and three, nine and three season. And we got three and nine pure disappointment. And then talk as Pitt says, I'm not so keen on Phil coming to Pitt. I don't like his accuracy. Fair enough. Can't, can't complain about that. Well, this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.